health is so important, but yet it can be so frustrating. I, like most people, have been frustrated with my health care and said there must be something better. After many years of looking, I found Ayurveda. Hi, my name is Linda Rowe, the Backwoods Yogini. Come along with me as I help unravel the benefits of an Ayurvedic lifestyle and show you how simple and beneficial it is to take back control of your health. It's time for Pure and Simple Ayurveda. Hi, this is Linda Rowe, the Backwoods Yogini with Pure and Simple Ayurveda. I live in northern Maine, and for a very long time, I've been interested in a holistic lifestyle. Pretty much most of my young adult life, actually, I've always searched out natural methods and natural remedies for myself and my family. And that's been a current through my whole life. But in the meantime, I got my bachelor's in speech communication and a master's in higher education administration. And I am a business owner presently. I've been teaching yoga for 20 plus years and I own The Mindful Way. And I'm just about to open up a new studio in a nearby town in Northern Maine. In addition to teaching holistic lifestyle, I live a holistic lifestyle in the woods with my husband and dogs in Northern Maine, a wonderful home where I got the name Backwoods Yogini. Now, I'm more concerned with the practices and principles of Ayurveda. So I'm not going to be as stuck on pronunciation of the terms and the phrases. However, they are important. And I know that there will be some people who will pick up on some of the phrases or terms that I use and might find that to be problematic, as in my introduction, where I say Ayurveda. And the proper pronunciation is Ayurveda, just like proper pronunciation of yoga is yoga and not yoga. Which, you know, we all do from time to time. And I am human, just like anybody else. So I'm not going to get hung up on the particulars of pronunciation, but I will do my best effort to bring forth the proper pronunciation of words as they come forth in our podcast. So why am I taking this time? What is my purpose here? Well, we've all had the experience of getting receiving a remedy from somebody else. Oh, this worked for me and it doesn't work for you or you you've used some remedy at one point in time in your health and it helped you and then you tried it again and it didn't work. And then you, you're you left with feeling quite confused. So there's a missing piece here and, and this is what I'm hoping to offer is this the underlying knowledge or information that helps to explain why you choose the remedy that you choose, what effect that remedy is going to have on you. So the purpose for this podcast is to educate you to make the best decision regarding your health with this information, underlying information and knowledge. Today's podcast is on the foundational components of Ayurveda. We'll be going over definitions of Ayurveda, the five elements, and the 20 gunas. That will be our first Ayurvedic word of the podcast. So definitions. The technical basic translation of Ayurveda, the definition that is written into the word itself, means the study of the science of life or long living. That's pretty broad. So I have some other definitions that are a little more accessible that might flesh that out a little bit. So here's one to share with you. Ayurveda is a holistic medicine that uses Mother Nature's bounty for a healthy lifestyle. It doesn't just cure symptoms, but gets to the root. And the second one to share is Ayurveda is more than a mere 
mere healing system. It is a science and an art of appropriate living which helps one to achieve longevity. So we've covered the definition of Ayurveda. The next component we want to look at and bring into this discussion today is on the five elements. The five elements are considered the building blocks to everything else. All existence is made up of these five elements. And as these elements interact in whatever ratio that they are in will determine whether something is a tree or a body of water or a human being. So the five elements in Ayurveda are space, air, fire, water, and earth. In some traditions, as in Chinese uh, traditional Chinese medicine, there are only four elements. And Ayurveda includes space because that's what's necessary for the other four elements to interact and manifest and create the tree, the mountain, the animal. So if we think about air, I'm going to try to think about these elements a little bit differently. So air is... In our experience, we experience air as more like wind or breathing. So if the wind is calm, it's nice. There's no problem. It's in balance, you might say. Whereas if the wind is really crazy, it might create a tornado or a hurricane, and it can be destructive. Fire is the same thing. It can be contained in a small place where you're grilling your vegetables on, or it can be out of control in a forest fire. Water, again, nice placid sweet, peaceful, calming water that we love to take rest by. Or you can have a raging river, flood, tidal wave that will wipe out and again be destructive. And with earth as well. Earth is very, can grow things and can have great beauty, but can also get, if there's too much water, too much wetness, it can uh, have a landslide and can cause destruction. So we just start to see that elements are elements. They're neither good nor bad, but they can exist uh, too much or not enough or in balance. Okay. So we have now covered the five elements, and we will continue to pull those into the rest of this podcast and probably into other podcasts. From here, we'll move into the gunas, or qualities, characteristics. And these 20 gunas, or 10 pairs of gunas, help us to further understand the interplay and the interaction of the elements. And we're familiar with these. They are just basic adjectives to us. We have hot and cold, light and heavy, dry, oily, slow and sharp. We have dense and liquid, smooth and rough, static or stable, and mobile, gross, subtle, cloudy, clear, hard, soft. The elements don't express all gunas all the time, but we can say now that we've understood these adjectives or these gunas, these characteristics, we have, let's say, fire. Well, what do we know about fire? It's pretty common sense. Fire is hot or cold. Hopefully, you say it's hot. Is it dry or oily? Well, it has a drying quality to it. It will dry things out for sure. And is it static or mobile? Well, in the sense that fire by itself is really static or stable. Even though the flames are moving, it takes what to move fire? It takes air to move fire. So in and of itself, fire would be considered static or stable. Water is hot or cold. Well, it's cold. What would it need to be hot? You would need to add fire to it to become hot or warm water. So in and of itself, water is cold. Is it dense or liquid? Obviously, the answer is that it's a liquid. Is it smooth or rough? 
water would be considered smooth. It can be cloudy or clear, but again, if it has maybe more earth in it, it would be considered more cloudy, more dirt or silt in the water would make it cloudy. So typically, it would be clear totally by itself. Earth is heavy or light. Earth would be heavy. And hot or cold, typically, again, it would be cold unless you added fire to it or added heat to it. So this is the way that this fluidity that happens here with the elements is that uh, they're not often totally by themselves. They are combining all the time with other elements. To create a forest fire would require air plus fire plus earth. So we don't really talk about them in an isolated way in terms of our health or uh, in terms of anything else in, in Ayurveda. But for our purposes, just trying to break it down to the simple, the basic components to start out. So these qualities will also continue to play a bigger role as we move into additional or future foundational components. practical part of this now is to take this into our everyday life. So the best way to do that as we're trying to develop a shift in our perception and to increase our awareness, it's good to ask questions of ourselves or in our situation. So the basic question that we can ask is, what qualities do I see? So for example, just to give you some examples as to how you might apply this, are the seasons, the times of the year. Wherever you are, whatever season it is, is to look at the qualities. So for example, in the fall, it's typically more airy, light. There's a, a dryness as the wind dries the leaves and makes them crumble and crack. And sometimes there is moisture. Sometimes people experience uh, rains in the fall. But you just start to notice the ones that you see more of and the ones that you don't see. And in wintertime, in early winter, sometimes it is drier. The snow is dry. Or depending on the area, region that you live in, sometimes it is moist snow. And so there's a heaviness to it. So looking at those qualities. The spring is also as things start to melt and run off. If you're in a place where there's melting and that major shift in temperature, there's going to be more moisture. There's going to be more liquid and the sense of heaviness. That may not be exactly, though, for your area of where you live. So you're just trying to develop that awareness for your particular area. And summer, of course, most of us experience a hot, dry summer where there's a sharpness to it, where temperatures start to rise and for the earth and for ourselves. Sometimes we can get to be a little more hot-headed. And to notice from day to day what you, what you experience. Another way to look at these qualities in five elements is in your food. So when you're eating your meal, whatever meal, however often you can think of it, is to ask what qualities are in my food. And you'll start to see, you'll begin to notice that popcorn, chips, and crackers, they are dry, they're airy, and they're light. So they have the qualities of air and space to them. Whereas something like chilies or garlic, there's a little more fire, a little more heat in them. Or... For example, watermelon and cucumber. They're very watery. And cheesecake, a dessert we all love, that's very dense, has a lot of earth qualities to it. So you can start to notice how much of these elements you're taking in and how you feel about them. How do they make you feel inside after you've eaten a cheesecake? How does that feel? How does that feel after you've eaten popcorn and crackers? So that is the homework that I'm going to give you today is to notice and observe the qualities and characteristics and the elements in your day and your food. 
why am I giving you this assignment? Well, for one thing, you know that we are building a foundation. So this does lead us to future components that we will go over. But in the short term, why I'm asking you to look at uh, the qualities in your day and in your food is that I'm asking you to create a perceptual shift as to how you view your body. Most Westerners, for sure, view their body in terms of bones, organs, body parts, head, arms, legs. And I'm asking you to look at yourself as a combination of space, air, fire, water, and earth. And there are these qualities that get expressed through you. We feel hot, we feel cold, we feel light, we feel heavy. And to just put a little more emphasis on those characteristics and see if you can connect them to yourself as this combination of elements and qualities. And what this will do is this will then allow other unnecessary or not so useful thoughts that we have about ourselves or about our health start to drop away and you get really to the core of your issue. So we don't have to be concerned about labels of diabetes or psoriasis or uh, congestion even. You'll start to look at elements and you will then begin to know how to treat yourself, to bring yourself back to balance when you get out of balance. It's time for the Mindful Minute. The Mindful Minute is an opportunity for you just to take a pause, take in the words, and whatever it means for you, that's your Mindful Minute. Today's Mindful Minute is number 16. Today, practice the impartial witness to your own experience. I want to offer a recipe for you to try as an experiment. This is called CCFT, or Human Coriander Fennel Tea. You need a one-quart thermos, or you can just do it cup by cup, and a half a teaspoon of fennel seeds, a half a teaspoon of cumin seeds, and a half a teaspoon of coriander seeds. Organic if you can get them. If you can't, don't fret. Do it anyway to try it out. You heat your water, you steep your tea, your seeds, and you sip through the day. That's all it is. You can keep the seeds in the thermos or in the cup all day and just replenish it with hot water. You can put fresh seeds in and make it cup by cup. I typically use a thermos and I carry it with me because most of us are on the go and I always have it ready to sip. The benefits of this tea is that it helps to create like a scrubbing bubble action through your digestive system. So it clears away gunk and excess stuff in the digestive tract, which I'll explain more of this in future podcasts. If you have a recipe that you'd like to share, feel free to send it to me. I can be reached at mindfulway at mfx.net. M as in Maine, F as in farmer, X as in x-ray. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast, and please tune in next week for our next podcast, which will take us into deeper depths of an Ayurvedic lifestyle.